0: Hey, Muller junkies. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Mueller She Wrote this week. Skillshare is offering Mueller She Wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash AG. That's Skillshare.com slash AG to get two months of unlimited access of over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents.
3: Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist.
1: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
0: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your anonymous host, A.G., and with me as always is Julissa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we do have Politicon in a couple of weeks at the LA Convention Center. We'll be doing a live show and recording the weekly pod from our booth. So grab tickets online now. Uh, Our live show will be Saturday, the 20th at 3 p.m. But after Politicon, I'm taking my first vacation in a year. Uh, Going off the grid. I need to take (laughs) some time. (laughs) Uh, before we get back uh, to for the election and we're planning to do a live broadcast election night. I don't know how we're gonna do that, but we're gonna <laughs> I have some ideas we'll we'll talk about it yeah we'll make it happen and we'll have more details on that for you as it approaches. Um, so you can spend your election night with us having wine. Yay. Uh, We have a very Mueller-centric show for you this week. Uh, We've been focusing a lot on Kavanaugh these last couple weeks and how that impacts the Mueller investigation, but a lot of important news dropped this week surrounding the Mueller investigation. We have Scott Dworkin coming on to tell us about the report that the Dem Coalition filed this week about Lindsey Graham crackers, and we have Scott Stedman with us to discuss a major story he just broke about Simona Mangiante um that's pop it weird ass fiance nice that sounds like a rap lyric up, yeah. Papa Dop, yeah simona mangiante oh weird ass fiance um <laughs> you don't want to miss that uh so we have two scots hey, scott! It's oh it's the scott- scottisode double dose of scott yeah. double dose two scots double dose of pimpness
2: <laughs>
0: i'm excited to hear about his wife Yeah, Yeah, It's going to be interesting. Also this week, Jaleesa is going to give us another update on Eric Prince and the Seychelles. And uh, Jordan has some shocking shit that Devin Nunes tried to sneak by voters. Uh, I'm going to talk about the new email hack that was just referred to the Mueller investigation to the special counsel's office. But before we get to the news, we have a, a hilarious correction from our Brexit Minnesota, I think. Uh, and the pronunciation of the word checkers. Yeah. Uh, we sat around like douchebags and tried to make it super French. <laughs> I think I think I win the douchebag award on that one. I like it, though. I said, checker. Yeah, and then I asked you to spell it, and you had had the French thing in my head, so when you spelled it, I was like, yeah, I guess that's Shakira. Exactly. Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> uh, so it's just pronounced checkers. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> It's so fitting that we were douches.
2: We're overanalyzing. Les douches. Les douches about. Well, that's a shower <laughs> in France.
1: It's a little different.
2: Yeah, does. yeah. douche.
0: No, that's true. The yeah. It's just a shower.
2: Yeah. The yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's my basic French. And I never mm-hmm. took French, but I know it. Les douche des vagines, I
2: think, is what <laughs> <Aww>. it's called.
0: Twat <laughs> <Just laughs> showers.
2: I forget how you say
0: vagina in French. They didn't teach you that in high school. Surprisingly. Oh, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We have a lot of news to get to this week, you guys. Let's just get into it with just the facts. So Sunday, we found something out about Devin Nunes that could seriously hurt his chances against Andrew Jans if the voters find out about it in their district house race. And, and Jordan will have the details about her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. later in the show. You guys broke up, right? Oh, yeah, we're done. Cool. Good for you, man. Yeah, man. Way to walk away. Thank you. <laughs> also, it was hard. Yeah, I, I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> Also Sunday, the New York Times dropped a story about migrant children being moved under cover of darkness to a Texas tent city from Kansas. Uh, This is seriously some shit out of a movie, you guys. They were loaded onto buses and taken to a camp in West Texas uh, under the, you know, in the middle of the night, basically, uh, to this place in the desert. Um, Prior to Trump, most migrant kids were housed in private foster homes or shelters with uh, two to three two to three of them to a room, and they got formal schooling and nutritious meals along with regular visits with legal representation, uh, people who are assigned to their cases. Now they're being bussed in the middle of the night to beige tents, 20 to a room, no school, and limited access to legal services. The feds are now detaining about 13,000 of these children, five times as many as the year before on average, so don't pull that Obama did this shit with me. Um, They're being detained for an average of 60 days. Um, Several shelter workers say that these moves are carried out late at night to avoid escape attempts. What? And that just sounds chilling. Mm -hmm. And these kids are given little to no notice of the moves because to avoid escape attempts. Again, these kids wear belts with their phone numbers stitched on them of their emergency contacts. This shit is happening.
1: How is this not a concentration camp by it, all measures? It, it, it seems
0: to like an internment camp to If me. you
1: Google it, it just says it's a camp where you keep people of a certain group
0: or ethnicity or color and you just hold them for political reasons. Yeah, just like summer camp. Yeah, just like summer camp. Yeah, so this is really gross and it's still happening. We need to keep remembering that because it's not it's not going away. It's getting worse. Um, Monday, a Politico reporter spotted Manafort's lawyers, Richard Westling and Tom Z- uh, Zenley. Mm-hmm. They were outside talking uh, to Andrew Weissman, uh, one of Mueller's lead prosecutors, and they were outside the special counsel's office in downtown D.C. Manafort was apparently inside meeting with prosecutors after he pleaded guilty and signed a cooperation agreement uh, for full cooperation, by the way. Sentencing for Manafort is not yet scheduled. But in a, uh, there's a joint written report from both sides that is due to the court no, November 16th, by November 16th. They, they usually turn it in on the day it's due. And I think that might give us a glimpse into when we can expect the collusion indictments to drop. And, and th- then uh, Manafort, um, his sentencing can be scheduled. Yeah. In either case, Manafort is... F- F- fuck. Fucked.
1: Fucked. Alright. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah you know, you know I'm so good. flat. You
0: wavered a little. Yeah. You went sharp, actually. I am no singer,
1: <laughs> but I'm just glad to be a part of the group, guys. <laughs> I'm like the, the Ringo or the Germain. That's cool with me. We'll have a movie called Pitch Imperfect. <laughs> We're going to go on tour. I love it. It's going to be acapella. I am human. Well, some humans can sing really well. <laughs>
0: At least they know we're not using auto-tune or something. That's true, yeah. yeah. It'd be really funny to just, uh, drop that in one episode and edit t out. <laughs> oh, my out.
1: God. <laughs> Someday, guys. <laughs> oh. Shorty <Should I>
0: fucked.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful.
0: All right. <clears throat> also Monday, Politico reported that Roger Stone associate Credico will plead the fifth in response to the Senate subpoena for testimony and documents. Credico is the comedian radio mm-hmm. show host with a dog in a bag that needs, you know... <laughs> Uh, he's that guy. He's that kind of weird guy. And I was making fun of him, but people were like, no, he's really funny. And I'm like, I don't know. Quit calling him a comedian. You're making, f- it's bad for comedians. But I don't know. I I, I thought he was weird. Well, he's going to plead the fifth. And pleading the fifth means that what you say, you're not going to say something because it will incriminate you. So, so much for his assertion that he's just this innocent guy. Uh, we'll see if they offer him immunity to get the goods on Stone. I can't imagine they give a shit about Credico. <laughs> uh, unless he was more than just a go-between uh, for Assange and Stone. And even then, They're really just going after Stone. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I don't think they'll... Yeah, they they just want Stone. I think they'll give him immunity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was hoping Stone would be at a Politicon this year, but Carter Page will. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get him on the show. Do you
0: think he's seeking immunity? I don't know. Um, He's such a weird dude um, that it's kind of hard to tell what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to pass judgment. Maybe something real bad happened to him and he needs the emotional support animal and he's got, like, a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally get that. (laughs) But... um, like, I don't know what he did to help Trump collude with Russia. Right. Uh, and if it's substantial, he should be held accountable. But also, I don't think he's important enough. I think Stone is who they're after. Yeah. So I think if personally, if it were me, I would g- I'd grant him immunity to, to roll Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rolling Stone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's fun seeing all the different ways people who are guilty try to get out of, you know, giving testimony. Yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, Miller holding yeah, himself in contempt. Miller. Yeah, I Miller.
4: Hold
0: yourself in contempt. I hold
4: Bleeding myself fifth. in contempt.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got
4: it,
2: uh... the legitimacy of literally everything in the universe that's ever existed. Oh, yeah.
0: Mifsud mm-hmm. dying to yeah.
2: avoid. No,
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, killing himself. Who knows? Hiding. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We don't know that yet, that's conjecture. Right. True, yes,
0: that part <clears throat> is. Oh, we're showing so
1: just the facts. I forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and I always forget that, like, everyone who's listening right now, I for some reason, it's in my mind that you've heard and remember everything we've said for the last year, and that can't be the case. So if we skip past <laughs> something, it doesn't make sense. Shoot us an email. Hello at Muller, she mm-hmm. wrote. Say, what what heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And we'll see if we can uh, clarify it for you.
2: I.e., Nunes is not my real ex-boyfriend. Yeah, correct. Oh, yes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That didn't really happen. Uh, Then Tuesday, and that wasn't, that sounded like I was being facetious. I wasn't. It actually didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Trump actually directed legal action to enforce the Stormy Daniels hush agreement. According to reports, Trump personally instructed Cohen to seek a restraining order against Stormy back in February when he heard she was going to give the media interviews about the affair. Trump told Cohen to speak to his sons, Don Jr. and Nosferatu, about the (laughs) uh, legal response efforts. The Trump org has previously denied involvement in the hush agreement. And we'll see what uh, Avenatti does with this in terms of maybe filing a civil suit against the Trump org. So we can put some beans on it. Oh, yeah. He'll be at Politicon, too. Will he? Headlining with Kathy Griffin. Oh, that's right. She's going to have a a chat with him. Yeah. That's her only thing I think she's doing that weekend. Exactly. Also Tuesday, two key lawyers left their posts at the special counsel's office and returned to their jobs at Maine Justice. (laughs) So uh, Brandon Von Grack and Kyle Freeney, two of the key lawyers that worked on the Manafort case, are going back to their prior posts, according to a, a rare statement from Mueller spokesman Peter Carr. Van Grack worked on the national in the National Security Division, and Freeney will be returning to her job in the Criminal Division's Money Laundering and Asset Recovery section. These departures bring Mueller's team down to 13 hardened Democrats. <laughs> Uh, This should signal we're nearing the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Comey tweeted, uh, it looks like that the Mueller investigation is in the fourth quarter now. Uh, So we're in a critical phase. uh, With the meeting of Manafort and Mueller on Monday... There are several reports that will be due in quick succession from both Mueller and federal prosecutors just after the midterms as they move to sentence Manafort, Flynn and Cohen, which is now the SDNY case, Southern District of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with the experts that this is winding down now because a staffing change, if they were just changing staff, that that would be detrimental to knowledge and momentum at this point. So we could have a really nice Christmas. So put some Thanksgiving beans on it. Yeah. Uh, then Tuesday, a pretty weird but pretty big story came out of a... Uh, came out about a never-Trumper who was hacked, whose emails were hacked, and how that incident has now been referred to Robert Mueller's team. And I'll go over that a bit later in the show. Also on Tuesday, that giant story in the New York Times about Trump's lifelong family tax schemes came out. And this report was amazing, mm-hmm. you guys. I don't know if you read it or if you saw any of the news on it. Oh, yeah. But some of the tricks that they pulled to to avoid paying uh, estate tax, inheritance tax, tax tax, regular tax, <laughs> the all, <black> told, tax. <laughs> <laughs> all told they avoided like $412 million in taxes.
1: They were sneaky. I heard about the, uh, the poker chips or the gambling chip scheme.
0: Yeah, basically what happened was uh, Trump had a bill due at one of his Atlantic ca- uh, City casinos, his quarterly taxes, I think, and he didn't have enough money to pay it. So his dad, Fred... Who is really weird looking? If you God. look up his picture, and I don't know what's going on with his ears. It's an
1: understatement. Weird looking.
0: <clears throat> and I will um, looks shame him. I'm sorry if you don't <laughs> like
2: it. Um, it's temple shame. His head goes <laughs> in like someone bashed both sides of his
0: head in. Yeah, it's- I'm
1: not convinced. He's human, so we're like demon shaming at this point. I yeah, yeah. I like
0: lizard shaming.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I like lizards. Um, it's only his soul that makes him. There you truly, go. Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. If he was a good person, we wouldn't be saying any of this. True. That's correct. We'll still get emails.
0: Uh, So so basically what he did was he sent a guy into the casino to buy three point, I think, one five million in chips and just walked out of the casino with him. Mm -hmm. Several times. Didn't gamble at all. And then send another guy back to do two fifty or three fifty or something like that. Yeah. A three point five million all told Mm -hmm. uh, so that he could get that infusion of cash from his dad tax free to pay this. Yeah business expense
1: well you can't print money but you can print chips (laughs) Mm -hmm. you sure can and then i'm not big on on like money stuff so when i heard this it did sound really sketchy but like is there a way for you to break down in layman's terms like by how did he funnel it like by taking the money and making it into chips there's like a law that says you don't get you don't tax that kind of transaction is that how it works
0: oh no no he needed three three million Mm dollars and so in order to give the casino three million dollars he basically walked in with Cash. Oh, bought three million dollars worth. It'd be like buying three million dollars worth of drinks at the bar. Got it. Got it. But you could never drink that many drinks. But you can right. buy that many chips, and then not using the chips to gamble. Walking out. Yeah, yeah. And keeping them. That's a way of handing three million dollars, three point five million, Crazy. over to the casino in profits. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, you would have to pay taxes on the profits, but you didn't have to pay taxes on the gift, and and that's way, probably a higher tax too. Yeah. Oh, way higher. Yeah, it's I think fifty five percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, capital gains tax. Um. Because you only get one gift per. Anyway, it's tax. Mm-hmm. But that was how. That was a way that they, another sneaky thing they did. The worst thing I think, the thing that really f's over taxpayers, and and regular people, is that they were laundering money by opening a company like a shell company, and they would buy like let's say a boiler for the building at like ten thousand dollars. They would say they paid fifty thousand for it, and they would just pocket that forty thousand. So what they were doing was they were inflating the cost of these things for the buildings. And then they were using those padded receipts to justify raising the rent on the tenants in oh. rent control apartments. Wow. So they were falsifying things to raise regular people's rent. Mm-hmm. Claiming sure. they had done more to it, but they really just took the They're money and pocketed it. Yeah. yeah. And they were pocketing that additional cash.
1: And I'm sure to them, this was no big deal. Like, I feel like they're, this was just like business as usual. But I love the fact that it's coming out now while he's still alive, because there's a chance that he might actually go down for it. But this was his whole career, right? This is
0: what they did his
1: whole life, his dad's career. Yeah.
0: And a lot of this is past the statute of limitations. But mm-hmm. I, think that, I think the important part here is that Trump ran on the fact that he was a self-made millionaire, mm-hmm. billionaire. And he's not. He mm-hmm. he had He was given a salary of $200,000 by the time he was two years old. He was a millionaire by the time he was eight. He didn't take a small $1 million loan that he parlayed into $10 billion from mm-hmm. his father. He was given – his him and his uh, siblings were given a billion dollars yeah. over their lives from their father. And he was funneling it to them in a way where he didn't have to pay taxes. They didn't have to pay inheritance taxes, gift taxes, et cetera. So, so they, many loopholes. And they conned you and me and all the American people out of $412 million, half a billion dollars almost. Yeah. And uh, and Trump supporters are going to be fine with it. The way Trump supporters see it is, yeah. See, he, uh, you know, he's smart. <laughs> we like him for tricking the man. We yeah. like him for bucking the system. We support him for being a smart, savvy businessman. It's true. I've heard it. Yeah. It's. It's un it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, but like, how your money exactly? Mm -hmm. How how do you just gloss over the fact that it's to fuck you? Well, they're a holes. If
0: they were in that position too, they would cheat their neighbor.
1: That and people that usually do that, they're
0: also uh, just
1: not good people in other areas. So I assume that their racism probably is deeper than their concern for money and tax laws. And you know, they're just like, this is our guy. So whatever he did, it's already done. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Something (laughs) else. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. I was I was just gonna say from the article that's crazy to see. So you, you talked about how Trump was a Salaried employee by the age of three, making two hundred thousand dollars or something, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so, then reading on to learn that his dad would do other things like pay him as a consultant, as a landlord, as a property manager. Oh yeah, it's that it's, it's mm-hmm. that must feel weird as a kid to as be exploited for
0: finance, like That's financial gain, to like that. For mm-hmm. yeah, it's it really to w- happen to Fred. So I mean, it's just something that kind of shitty shitness is something you hand down. Yeah. Uh, from generation to generation that's true. and that's why we don't like people who go to georgetown prep um <laughs> uh this week uh in republicans say the dumbest things uh <laughs> late tuesday trump lamented woe uh, woe are the very young men in america because it's such a scary time for young men in america yeah tell that to brock turner mm-hmm. uh i hope that guys I really hope guys sit around at night, scared out of their minds, wondering what steps they'll need to take to ensure their safety every day. I hope that when they go to the store or walk home at night or when they're out having drinks with friends, that they have to worry about all those predatory women just waiting to drug them so we can falsely accuse them of rape. And Friday, Grassley said, there's no woman on the Senate judiciary because it's too much work for them. What? Coming from a guy who hired a woman to question Blase Ford, a guy who relies on women to do his dirty work, And amidst the Kavanaugh shit, the Kavanaugh shit show, Grassley has to go. I'm Grassley. Seriously. He complains about how it's unfair that the left paints the GOP with this old white man stereotype. And yet he continues to be an old white man. Justify the old white man stereotype and shore it up. He comes out with this magnificent bullshit that just reinforces that stereotype. Mm -hmm. There's women. It's It's a lot of work. To be on the yeah. on the Judiciary Committee. There's four female Democrats. He's the same
1: one that said that uh, Dr. Ford was pleasing, right? No, that was Orrin Hatch. Oh, okay. Orrin Hatch. You know, I get it mixed up for a reason.
2: <laughs> Dude, all white men look the same. <laughs> all, all, all Republicans all look the same. All old white men look the same. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. And then Mike Pence said in a speech this week that China is interfering in our elections in a much bigger way than Russia. Oh. And they're fighting to elect Democrats. Mm. Uh, This is easily and simply just Trump's way of of laying the groundwork for a huge loss so he can blame China instead of himself for the blue wave. Yeah. Though speaking of China this week, French police are investigating the disappearance of an Interpol guy. He was the chief named Meng Hongwei, Mm. who was reported missing after traveling to his native China from his home in Lyon. Uh, Ch- Leon. i like that uh, actually french yeah it's not pronounced lion
2: <laughs> wait uh, oh, oh, oh. I
0: like it
1: yeah
0: uh china has said that meng was taken into custody for questioning when he arrived but they didn't say why apparently china has a long history of disappearing humans rights activists and counterterrorism specialists we don't know uh we don't know what if any ties this might have to russia or russian or chinese and russian efforts to dismantle western democracies but we will keep you posted That's, fine
2: oh i'm sorry sorry
0: go ahead i was just gonna say do you think that that was a talking point put in their heads by steve bannon because he seems to be the one that originated a lot of their anti-china sure. rhetoric that makes sure. sense yeah. i think they're behind the scenes friends i think they're low down low friends again mm-hmm. not like down low i was friends. gonna say <laughs> what do <are> you know ag <laughs> <laughs>
4: i'm
0: not gay shaming um uh then let's see wednesday Finally, Wednesday happened. Tuesday was Newsday again. <laughs> uh, and we learned Eric Prince. Uh, he had uh, his Russian connection to Dmitriev. Uh, they were snooping around Trump land for Putin and Julisa will have that for oh, yeah. us. So they were they were actually kind of trolling not trolling, but troweling, like, you know, putting out a net and trying to fish all the all exactly. as many Trump people into the into the net as they could. Julissa is going to go over that later. Mm-hmm. Then Thursday, a story came out about Simona Mangiante, <laughs> Papa Doppel's fiance. And uh, how about she? Uh, how about this? Uh, she might not be who she says she is. Oh, <laughs> really? We, we, we've we talked about this. Remember yeah. when we had Seth on? Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Let's play that interview. And joining us today to discuss some of the inconsistencies he's uncovered is the author of the story and friend of the podcast, Scott Stedman. Scott, welcome back to
4: Muller She Wrote. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's so good to have your voice back, not just uh, on the pod, but in the news as well. Um, it was it was missed dearly. So um, here on Muller She Wrote, we've always had, we've always thought there was something off about Simona Mangiante and... Uh, through some pretty amazing investigative reporting, you've been able to uncover several inconsistencies in who she claims to be. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were able to
4: find? Sure, yeah. and I've always had the same feeling as you guys. Um, It's been a little bit weird that she started the whole thing saying that George was going to be the John Dean of this investigation. And then, you know, a few short months later, Um, George was set up by our intelligence agencies, and the professor is actually a British spy. So her story changed pretty quickly, and it was a complete 180. Um, But as far as my story, so I spent a few weeks um, looking into Simona and basically just um, picking apart her resume, her public resume, what what she's told reporters Um, and I began contacting all of her previous, um, employers that she said she worked for, as well as her schools that she attended. Um, and the most glaring inconsistency in her story is she said that she was, um, an associate for mayor Brown, which is a, a big global law firm, um, based in DC and New York. Um, that was her, supposedly her 2007 and 2008. That's what she was doing. She was a lawyer um, starting in DC and then moving to New York. Um, But I contacted them and they said they have no record of her ever working there. Um, And she tried to downplay this by saying, oh, I was a junior associate. And then now she's saying she was just an intern. Um, So, so I made sure to ask them, you know, Hey, is it possible that she was just an intern or a junior associate or something like that? And they said, no, she she hasn't worked for us in any capacity. We have no records of her um, ever being here.
0: Okay, so not even as an intern, not even as a, a janitor. She didn't even sweep up. She just was never there on the payroll in any capacity whatsoever.
4: Right, right. And there's no records of anything. She has posted... Um, after my article came out, she's posted a letter uh, purporting to be from one of the partners at the law firm. Um, <laughs> it's an internship offer letter, um, but again, they don't have any records of her working there. I suppose it's possible that she had some sort of you know, side deal with this partner, who I haven't been able to get a hold of yet. Um, but, but they have absolutely no records of her being there in, in 2007 and 2008.
0: That seems really odd. And I was reading your uh, story, and it turns out you also had spoken to some of uh, some of the family members about her. What were you able to find there?
4: I have. Um, I've spoken to two of her family members and um, one of her colleagues uh, from her prior work in Europe. And they basically have the same concerns that me and you and many other people have. Um, her story doesn't add up.
0: So I was reading your article and, and you had also said that you had been in contact with some family. Uh, it, who, who were you able to talk to?
4: That's right. Um, I've been in touch with members of, I mean, I have to be careful here. I don't want to give away who I was talking to, but I've been in touch with members of her extended family and George's family, um, as well as a colleague of hers from her work in Europe. Um, And Basically, they have the same concerns that that me and you have and that many people have. Um, They're very concerned that she's not who uh, she said she is and that her background doesn't add up. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, One of the big things that her family and George's family stressed to me um, was her age. Uh, When they first met, George and Simona, she was telling... Uh, George's family and even George, according to these family members, that she was 30 years old. Um, and there's been a few articles about that. She says she's 30. Um, her profile for the European Parliament where she works said she was uh, born in 1984, which makes her 34. But her actual age is 37, um, and she'll be 38 in a couple of months. So basically, that makes you know a seven-year gap of a big question mark. Um, and she doesn't really pop up onto the radar anywhere until 2009. So we have the first 20-something-plus years of her life where we don't know where she is, we don't know <laughs> where she grew up, where she went to school, um, and it's it's just a big question mark. So they have the same concerns that we do.
0: Do you have any uh, theories about why this is, why there's just such this big mystery? I mean... Um you know, big part of Jesus's life was missing too. But uh, like, what, what, what do you any, I don't know, do you want to share any theories about this? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on some wild conjecture after we hang up. uh, But uh, anything you would care to postulate? Sure. Yeah. I mean,
4: I I don't want to conclude who she is as a person. You know, people have been saying, she's a spy all the way to she's telling the truth. (laughs) Which, I tend to believe it's somewhere in the middle. Um, People lie about their age sometimes. Um, But, you know, Mueller's team thought that she might be a spy and she has said that. Um, They were concerned about her work at the European Parliament and how that's basically sometimes a cover-up for spy jobs. So they had that concern. The public has that concern. um, And her background doesn't add up. So, So... you can draw what you want from that, but it's there's a lot of inconsistencies in her story, and um, friends are concerned, family are concerned, and the public is concerned.
0: All right, well, uh, everyone, you can check out this story on Medium.com. It's Scott M. Stedman. and uh, also I hear you have a book coming
4: out. Tell us about that. I do have a book. I just finished that uh, contract this morning. Um, it's with Skyhorse Publishing in Manhattan and it's going to be, um, a compilation of my stories as well as, um, new and original reporting and kind of a peek behind the curtain as to how I did it, you know, still in college for most of my reporting career. And, um, you know, how the how the stories fit into the big. I, I think
0: you're a spy. I think you're lying about your age. <laughs> uh,
4: I wouldn't tell you if I was.
0: <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm, I'm really glad and, and we'll look for that. We'll, we'll make sure to have you back on when that book comes out. So everyone friend of the pod and uh, you can check out his uh, primo social uh, Twitter feed at what is it? Uh, primo social.com slash Scott Stedman, correct?
4: That is right. That's uh, that's how I'm making a living right now. So <laughs> I'd appreciate if if people check that out. It's three ninety five a month or forty dollars for the year.
0: Super cheap and totally worth it. That's a really incredible feed. Uh, all the news that you break. It's it's you're going places, and we really appreciate you being on here. So thanks so much again, Scott Stedman.
4: I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So, yeah, uh, I remember when we had Seth on in episode 44 and we asked him about his March tweet regarding Papadop being in Italy and how Pasca's yacht was in the Mediterranean and Nastia Rybka was he- was there with Papadop. And I wonder if that's when Papadop met Mangiante. And I have to say, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if she's a Russian asset. Maybe one of Pasca's women. We'll have to ask Seth when he comes back on the show. Uh, he's going to be coming back with us uh, soon. There's just something fishy about her. Her accent's off. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go ahead and guess. I'm going to have some conjecture here. I think she's Slovakian escort agent asset sent by Pasca. Damn. Holy shit, AG. This needs
1: to
2: be a facet of our fantasy indictment league. Yeah. What country is she actually from? Seriously. Beans.
0: Yeah, big beans right there. Big beans. Landing <laughs> on your face. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. Uh, In case you can't uh, tell, we're drinking wine today.
1: Yeah,
2: it's
0: been a while since we drank through that. I have my hand over the bubbly because it's so loud (laughs) right now. Is it bubbly? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah.
2: You're going to take it off and it's going to (laughs) go... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like Pop Rocks. Science. Yeah. We had to after what happened today. We just got done watching the vote. Yeah. The confirmation
0: vote. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. (gasps) Uh, Thursday, reports circulated from the Daily Beast that a Russian official linked to Veselnitskaya is dead. He's the Russian Deputy Attorney General... Uh, let's see. Albertovich Karuptian. Karuptian? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Dude. <laughs> Corruption. Albert Corruption. Nice. Good old Al Corruption. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Karuptian. Karuptian. Mm. Karuptian. It's, it's like checkers. Like cart, Al but... Checkers. And he died Wednesday in a helicopter crash. Helicopter crash in the forest. This seems on its surface to be coincidental, though the flight was unauthorized and it happened in the forest in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Uh, kind of near Moscow, but not, you know. Not in. Right. And uh, both he and Veselnitskaya are the ones who drafted a signed letter from the Kremlin refusing to help the U.S. in its case against the death of Magnitsky. I highly recommend you check out our episode about Magnitsky. I think it's episode two. Check it out for the content, not for the sound quality. Uh, but Putin is cleaning house, it seems like. I, I don't know how I can't. I, you know, we'll put together a comprehensive list of how many Russians have died. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, and how. Related is... to this and the dossier and mm-hmm. Magnitsky. It's mm-hmm. it's And the interference. It's He's cleaning house. Anybody yeah. who knows about it, they're he disappearing. He takes down planes and we already know he kills like, you know, civilians, like regular people.
1: Of course he would shoot down a helicopter. That's yeah. nothing for him. No, yeah.
2: yeah. Someone came up to me and then they had like misread the headline and they're like, oh my God, Veselnytsky is dead. I was Uh-oh. like, what? <laughs> yeah. But then that's still fucking crazy, obviously. Clickbait. Yeah, They do that. Mm-hmm. They're Absolutely. They're
0: like, and the word dead are in bold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, fine print, a friend of Veselnitskaya totally. right. worked they totally on a report that. that she did is dead.
2: Yeah. I was like, I bet they fell from a top floor of
0: a building. But mm. it was, they switched it I up this fell time. fell down, down over and over it. again and they... hit, hurt their neck real bad. Yeah. So it broke. Yeah.
3: Why do
2: you think, why do you think he's do aside from clearing house, I guess, like that seems like a really... Close person to the center. I mean, I guess that's what you don't want do anybody
0: who was involved in your dirty work to be able to say that uh, there was dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I, I you see think cool. it'll get you loyal to. So, like, if I send out a hitman to kill somebody, then I would probably have that hitman killed too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nothing. Not that I would. Do.
1: I've seen that with like um with <laughs> drug cartels.
0: Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs>
1: yeah, the closer you get to the king, you're not safer.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, no. And if you're asked to do dirty work for Putin, you shouldn't expect to be alive for long. Mifsud is missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I guess you're kind of fucked either way if you say yes or no.
0: You yeah. don't have a choice. They're usually desperate. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice, and you have a better chance of living if you do his bidding. But he's gonna no witnesses. Yeah. yeah gotta hide. anybody who could, did shitty work, that still sucks. Yeah, anybody who could testify against him, I mean, you know, and just to be safe, like if he actually sent this guy out to do all this, you know, corrupt bullshit, and then the, uh, somehow the Americans got a hold of him, like his private jet landed in Newark, and we confiscated him, confiscated, arrested hey, him, hey. and brought him in, Putin doesn't want to take that chance because this guy could talk. Exactly. So.
2: That'd be fun to do a minisode maybe one day on how culpable we think these people are morally. Totally. Mm. Under a sort of Putin-like regime. Mm-hmm. Like the one we're under. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> On Friday, Senator Collins made her big speech, which was just a forty five minute long hand job for Kavanaugh. <laughs> and I'll talk more about that in a second. But Jen Saki, a former White House communications director, tweeted out, quote, Who wants to run for Senate in Maine? There will be an army of supporters with you, unquote. And Susan Rice, Obama's national security advisor and UN ambassador, replied me yeah mm.
1: i heard she backed out though what's the case what's i don't the deal? i don't
0: i didn't think she backed out okay. i thought she said you know we're uh, i hope <laughs> so i like hope an announcement i hope she's still in yeah. well dan pfeiffer said do it soon timing is everything exactly. and he's right yeah. that's how why obama won it, it was that he was that right time right place zeitgeist movement yes you know and, and that's I- why when we asked him who's going to win the dem nomina- nomination in 2020 he's like i can't tell you that right now there's no way to know because someone will have a moment, and you won't know who has their moment until the moment happens. Exactly, yeah. and especially till the midterms happen, because there's some people that are on fire right now. Oh yeah, Beto. I'm gonna make a wine pouring sound. Ready? Hey, well, let's do it. Yes. Sounded like I was peeing.
1: Someone's gonna love that.
0: I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It'll
1: be like a ASMR. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Just pouring <laughs>
2: wine
1: everywhere. Get some pickles. <laughs>
0: And you guys have literally had half a glass, so if I'm acting weird, it's because I'm really trying to block out some of the shit that happened this week, so Mm -hmm. I do apologize for that, but not really. Um, (laughs) So yeah, go Susan Rice. In related news, uh, remember the ethics complaint that the Dem Coalition filed against Kavanaugh, Scott Dworkin, about a month ago? We Mm -hmm. talked about it on the pod, and how it would be Merrick Garland who would be ironically reviewing that complaint? Mm -hmm. And Jordan and I wondered if he would have to recuse himself. Here, take a listen. It's, it's good. I appreciate it. Do they
2: not have any sort of conflict of interest
0: rules? I was thinking that. Like, shouldn't he recuse himself from this case? And yeah, he might. But, yeah, like, I'm a bitter bitch. But, <laughs> you know, maybe not. I mean, if Kavanaugh won't recuse himself from yeah. matters coming up to the court that involve Trump, he, he by the way, he said he. He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't agree to that.
2: Yeah, hmm. I don't think he's a
0: bitch. Sorry, that was strictly for the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, breaking news today, Saturday from BuzzFeed, and I got in a message from Scott Dworkin saying, Garland is recusing himself. Oh, nice. <laughs> High five, Jordan. Beans Whee! come true. Yeah. Ooh. Beans. Um, I spoke to Scott Dworkin about it, who said it's a sign that this complaint is being taken seriously and that it can apparently carry through despite his confirmation, Kavanaugh's confirmation. Damn. So we'll keep some beans on that. Hell yeah. Keep beans on your eyes. I don't know. Watch this beans. Are you trying beans a new on one? cucumbers. <laughs> Watch these space beans. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking That's about. That's my favorite. All right. And speaking of fighting... The confirmation. Kavanaugh was confirmed by the Senate after Senator Collins abandoned her constituency and spent 45 minutes on the Senate floor, re-traumatizing millions of women, basically. She's either going to have to retire or she's going to lose in 2020 when she's up for re-election. Over 400 people were arrested this week protesting the nomination, including a whole lot of men. And my pussy hats off to you for being uh, amazing allies. We need you and we thank you for the support. A dipshit Republican was asked on CNN what he would tell his daughter if she told him that this happened to her and that she had 20 corroborating witnesses that the police refused to talk to, and he actually said that if his daughter had four friends that couldn't corroborate her story, he'd ask her to think twice about her accusation. Oh, oh! so he can go fuck himself, basically. So that's what we're up against, you guys. So his own daughter. So I really appreciate the husbands and dads and brothers that are supporting women right now. Mm-hmm. You are awesome. Keep Thank it up. you. And I tweeted a thread this week saying that Politically, the nomination of Kavanaugh is really the best worst outcome because Kavanaugh is vulnerable now. He could be impeached, he could be indicted, he could be disbarred, or investigations could uncover something that would force him to resign. And I got a lot of pushback, or at least a little bit of pushback, or at least questions saying, But isn't impeachment really hard? He'll need two thirds of the vote. Um, He'll probably stay. And that might be true, but my point is simple. And uh, there's a chance, right? Think. Think for a second, like imagine if they'd voted no on Saturday. Trump would then appoint another judge from the Federalist list that has the judicial temperament and would still vote to overturn Roe, impede the rights of workers and the LGBT plus community. And any of those judges from that list would find in favor of Gamble in Gamble v. U.S., as would I, because he served time and he shouldn't have to serve time twice for the same crime. And uh, none of those judges would be impeachable or indictable or touchable. They'd be untouchable. Oh, yeah they'd likely have nothing to investigate, and that person would be there for the next 30 years, and there would be nothing we could do about it. But with Kavanaugh, there's at least a small chance that we can remove him, uh, and a 2% chance is better than a 0% chance. Mm -hmm. So how do we remove him? Well, first we get the Dems to investigate his past. We get them to investigate the obstruction of the FBI investigation perpetrated by the White House. But we can't even begin to investigate if the Dems don't take back the gavels next month. So we have to vote. Mm -hmm. There is no other way to do this, especially women. There are more of us, and we get shit done. And young people, this judge, Kavanaugh, will affect your rights on labor, LGBTQ plus rights, women's health care rights and reproductive rights, and this will be nearly for your entire reproductive life. So vote. And further, now that they've got their nominee, the Republicans will be more content. They're going to sit on their hands, hopefully, in November. More of them will stay at home. And so it's like they've pulled their goalie, and all we have to do is show up for the power play and vote them all the fuck out. Hell yeah. And we have to fight fire with fire. And I saw on Twitter an independent man... <laughs> sounds funny. Oh, he's, he's registered independent. <laughs> Strong independent man. I finally found an independent man. No, it says a registered independent guy named Evan McMullen. He said, quote, Increasingly, I hear Dems say they must fight fire with fire and abandon norms and decency like Republican leaders in order to win. But this eye for an eye mentality will only do more damage. United Americans on the high road offers a much greater field of fire. And unquote, to which I say bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when dumbs fight fire with fire, we mean to fight hard, but fight fair. We, we need to grow a spine and fight. Yeah. We fight fire with fire. When we say that, we mean we need to draw fair districts for voting. We, we need to form packs for large fo- voting blocks like veterans. We need uh, to remove barriers to voting. We need to stack the courts. We need to expand the SCOTUS by a couple of seats so it's more representative of the electorate. And when Republicans fight fire with fire, they beat their wives, host racist KKK rallies, collude with Russia to cheat, pass voter suppression laws, fund themselves with dark foreign money, and nominate assholes to the SCOTUS. (laughs) So no one on the left wants to abandon decency. We want to restore it. So take your, uh, quote, I'm an independent and more special than you because I could vote either way, unquote, needy, self-righteous attitude, and shove it up your ass. We're coming for Congress next month, and you're not going to tell us how to do it. Woo!
1: I love that. You know what it makes me think too. When you say if, uh, Democrats fight fire with fire, it sounds like uh, you're not you're saying fight passion with passion. Like I feel like even though you're right about the Republicans having a different kind of fire, they fight dirtier. I think, like you said, don't let go of decency. Just be passionate. Like if you care about these things, then prove it. Yeah, my point is when Dems fight dirty,
0: we don't rape people. We <laughs> we work within the rules to install a decent. Democracy, Or if we do harass someone, they
1: step down. Al Franken. <laughs> I feel like it's just weird I that think we... we harassed him. Oh, no, no, we didn't harass him. But he, he oh, has you his are, history. Yeah yeah. 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 It's like exactly. at least we, we, you know, uphold our values. You know, that's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we do
0: need to fight.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Democrats are really divided on this and just liberals in general. I was watching an episode of Bill Maher the other day that Michael Moore was on, and he got into it with a female journalist. I forget what her name was. And basically, she was saying, no, this is absurd. Let's, you know, I imagine taking sort of the same view that that person was. And Michael Moore, obviously, in a very, very Moore-esque fashion, is like, no, fuck that. We need to get dirty. We mm-hmm. need to do, you know. We need to
1: win. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say dirty, but it's just. He, he said, I just want to win. And, and some people took that as like, oh, you want to play dirty? but. But I think he just means let's just be smart. Like let's yeah. stop talking and do something.
0: Don't cheat. Just be smart. Don't no, cheat. No.
2: Yeah. yeah, but if being yeah being super passionate and like flailing your arms up and being fucking crazy, whatever. Apparently that's what people want to hear right now because the stakes I think are really high and yeah. people are really scared. So someone that's gonna you know very trepidatiously sort of be like, we're running. It's like no, <laughs> run with like love
1: all of your might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're yeah, no, not gonna. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, 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 So again, no dirty ads, no BS, Mm-mm. you know, we're not going to take dark money donations from the NRA Don't or religious really groups who aren't supposed to donate. Uh, but, you know, put together some super PACs. Mm-hmm. Take, take that big money use it yeah Uh, that i don't think there's anything wrong with that Um, keep speaking out keep showing up like that yeah protests protests are huge right now for
1: the left i mean i guess the nazis are kind of picking on the (laughs) bandwagon too but i haven't seen them out like they
2: were
0: last year not
1: recently yeah
0: at least not in big spectacles Mm Mm-hmm. i think there was a big women's march on january 19th this year we'll have to check in in dc anyway we'll be right back Hey, Muller Junkies. Today's episode is brought to us by Skillshare, an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in design, technology, and business, whatever you need. So I'm a strong, firm believer in lifelong learning. We all need to be. Like, I finished my PhD. I'm not going to go back for another PhD, but I need to keep my skills up, right? Especially with the speed at which our technology develops, I need to stay relevant, and Skillshare helps me do that. So right now I'm taking a graphic design class to help help us make better flyers and banners and social media class for better Posts and how to engage and how to track it. So, and I really wish I had Skillshare a couple years ago when I got married because I could have taken this lettering class that I'm taking now just for fun uh, and I could have created all my own chalkboard signs instead of paying an in law to do it. So, um, whether you're like me, constantly wanting to keep your skills up to date, or whether you want to acquire a whole new talent. Head to Skillshare.com slash AG and get two months of unlimited access to 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. This is a special offer for Muller junkies using Skillshare.com slash AG. Again, that is two whole months of unlimited access by going to Skillshare.com slash AG. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, time for hot notes. Uh, Today, Jordan is going to dish about her ex-boyfriend, Nunez. But first, Jalisa has yet another update on Eric Prince and the meeting in the Seychelles and Dimitri of Jalisa. I guess more emails came out? Oh, yeah. I'm so happy about yeah. this because, like, the butthurt emails thing
1: was, like, so big that, like, I love how there's a never-ending emails on the right side. Explain the butthurt emails because... Oh, the, the Hillary, uh, the, the butthurt oh. email. Sorry. The oh. But- <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to get some... emails for butthurt. Good point. Good That's point. somebody was
0: butthurt about emails. That is so
1: funny. <laughs> so... On Wednesday, we learned from the Daily Beast that just days after the 2016 election, a very well-connected Moscow executive started pitching to Trump's people a plan to renew the U.S.-Russia relationship. This person, as you mentioned, A.G., Kirill Dmitriev, is the head of one of Russia's sovereign wealth funds and is a close ally of Putin's. You guys might remember him. I think that's him. a sanctioned fund, too, Exactly. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys might remember him from our reporting last week on the infamous Seychelles meeting. And uh, so basically, turns out, on November 9th, Dmitriev reached out to at least three more people in close contact with the Trump transition team including George Nader the Lebanese American businessman who is now cooperating with Mueller and once Trump got elected Dimitri said to Nader quote we want to start rebuilding the relationship in whatever is a comfortable pace for them we understand all the sensitivities and are not in a rush so you know hashtag no collusion and um then he went on to say quote I am at their disposal to discuss things anytime, as I think that we can be helpful in guiding this relationship, understanding each side's well. And then Sounds he sent like a, a love
0: song. He, yeah, he sent a smiley I face. I think we can be helpful I in guiding this relationship. It's, like, it's such a cute little touch. Sorry, I don't Oh, no. the boys to men it's moment. Beautiful. My bad. <laughs>
1: And finally, he closed with uh, my boss sends his warmest greetings and I will see him again early next week. And guess what happened next week? Dmitry and Putin were both at a financial summit in Peru. So, you know, big coincidence. And then the Daily Beast claims that it's unclear from the communications whether or not Dmitry was representing himself as the CEO of the Russian Direct Investment Fund or if he was doing it on behalf of Putin.
0: Oh, but dude, come on. That's everybody, a big but. Yeah. Everybody who's an oligarch, state-sponsored oligarch, is mm-hmm. representing the Kremlin. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, when you say, I'll see my boss next week and you show up with Putin, I'm guessing that's the guy you were talking about. Yeah, so, thanks. oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just say just totally all comes agree to their heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also according to these communications, uh, three people who either know Dmitriev or have worked with him said that he has been in close contact with Putin and at times refers to him as his boss. So you know, there's that. Not to mention that by Russian law, Putin is in charge of appointing the CEO and supervisory board of the RDIF. So maybe hashtag some collusion.
0: <laughs> well, now you know, if we have a, if we start a Russian death pool. Uh Dmitriev's gonna be my number one. Totally. Mm-mm. That'll he's, be a separate league. He's gonna fall oh, down yeah. six times tomorrow and oh, we, uh, we'll guess how many times they fall. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. That's obvious more. How many. many floors did he fall down? <laughs> uh, he's a crappy guy, so this one I don't feel too bad about.
0: Do they have thirteenth floors in Russian hotels and mm. apartment yes, buildings? It's too, too Do they risky. have the same we
1: make our own luck? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen is fine. <laughs>
0: that's beautiful.
1: In oh. Mother Russia, floor kills you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so of course Dmitriev denies that he's connected or doing this behalf on behalf of Putin and a spokesperson for his fund said quote we believe that the ultimate goal of these reports is to attack and smear those persons who are making an effort to improve relations between Russia and the United States it's a smear job oh yeah smear pap smear sorry (laughs) not related whoa yeah it just that's what I think when I think smear not bagel pap Anyways, Dimitri do you, has... Do
0: you say schmear or smear? I say, I say schmear
1: Oh, you know what? Pap shmear. Oh, it's bagel a bagel, or, it's shmear, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 shmear for bagel. But pap schmear sounds nice now that you mention it.
0: I think it's just smear. I, Unless it's, It is, is smear. Isn't it
1: named after a person? Or
0: is pap is his
1: name. Pappy. <laughs> Happy I think you're right about about the pronunciation of that one. It just sounds more
0: fun now. I say Pap smear because I think too. I think the smear is the verb of what you're doing. You're smearing. You know what? Yeah. Uh, hey guys, sorry. Um, <laughs> one of those derailments. This that... is a bad conversation for our male allies to have. That's to sit fa- That's
1: fair. That's fair. So uh, back to Russia. Dmitriev has <laughs> particularly taken advantage of the fact that the U.S. sanctions on Russia are just what they call sectoral sanctions, which means that they do not rule out any business cooperations between U.S. and Russia. In fact, at the Davos war. World Economic Forum. Just five days after the Seychelles meeting, Dmitryev went on CNBC to reiterate several talking points from the Seychelles meeting. He even praised the Trump
0: administration for their professionalism. How do you spell Davos? Is it D A V O S? It is. All so right, you, so it's not D E, like not, not Betsy Davos, Eric Brinsztein. Exactly. It's an okay. A. Yeah, he yeah. Just checking. Is that be interesting if she had her own little? Oh, summit. that would. Yeah, yeah.
1: And furthermore, at this forum, Dmitriev tried to distribute a letter to several Americans in attendance, like CEOs and whatnot, and he tried to pitch this new U.S.-Russia business relationship to them, but many of them were reluctant. And one of the sources said, quote, I don't think people in the U.S. wanted to touch it because of the specter of the sanctions, but some of them touched it anyways. So uh, this guy, Ari Emanuel. <laughs> sanctions on my toes and I want to touch it. Sanctions <laughs> on my toes and I want to touch it. Oh, it's great. Um, this Sorry. is one of No, you're fine. You're fine. Ari Emanuel, Trump's longtime friend and the owner of a uh, UFC, he met with uh, yeah, yeah the, yeah, the douchebag all over. The the UFC. The U- yes, the, what's he called? The fighting. The ultimate fighting championship? Absolutely. This is the guy. This is the main guy. The, the one whole... Jon Favreau wanted to yep. win on Friends? Yep. <laughs> the whole thing. The
0: whole agency. This is the I've guy. been re-watching Friends.
1: Mm. Oh. So
0: so not only is Trump connected to the WWE, but this guy is connected to the UFC.
1: Absolutely. And this guy met with Dmitriev and Putin at the International Economic Forum last June. What's his name? Sorry. His name is Ari Emanuel.
0: Ari Emanuel.
1: Yes. Oh, that, is that Emanuel's brother? I don't know about that one. Is he an American? Good question. He is an American. Yeah. I think that's wrong. You know what? I could be wrong. We'll look it up. We'll fact check next week. (laughs) But uh, not to mention, UFC announced this year that it would embark on a joint venture with Dmitry's Wealth Fund, the RDIF, as well as China and the UAE Sovereign Wealth funds, in an effort to promote events in Russia. So like, they are knee deep in collusion. (laughs) They're not even hiding it.
2: They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. And just to wrap it all
1: up, uh, there's a little hope, guys. So Dmitry's efforts to normalize trade relations between the U.S. and Russia may be in jeopardy because right now Congress is deciding what steps to take to prevent Russia from interfering in the 2018 midterms in fact several members have drafted sanctions bills that would impose even tougher measures on russia including sanctioning russian somber debt which would apparently be one of the toughest hits to the russian economy since it annexed crimea in 2014 so congress just needs to get their shit together and vote yes on this because i just don't know what they're waiting for the midterms are like basically here i feel like if they have these drafted i can only imagine the house is just doing everything they can to prevent it from coming up in time but Mm -hmm. it seems like they're ready
0: uh yes, Ari Emanuel is Rahm Emanuel's brother. Oh, hmm. interesting. The more you know, yeah, uh, he's the guy who was played by Jeremy Piven in Entourage. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! He's the head of UFC. I should contact him if I want to get my UFC or gay porn site up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I have this idea. I'm going to tell you now. I have this idea of a website called UFC or Gay Porn. I show you a close-up picture. Of uh, body parts naked body parts tangled up you can't tell what it is but you have to guess if it's UFC or gay porn mm-hmm. and then when you guess it'll pan back and show you the whole scene right <laughs> and the, the best part is it's always gay porn so that's beautiful <laughs> I think it's a good website I'm gonna invest in this that's really interesting yeah the cause Rahm Emanuel worked for um
1: Obama Mm. and now he's mixed in with the Russians politician in Chicago so I wonder mixed in with the well Russians. I'm thinking about his brother oh yeah, yeah and yeah. that's really interesting yeah mm. yeah I wonder. But that's that. We'll see, as Trump would say. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it feels Next like up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Russia just, they feel like a virus that's just, you keep learning in
2: different places they've infiltrated. And yeah. it's just like, how much of a network is this? And how hard is it going to be to actually eradicate this? Oh, yeah. It's
0: big. Have you seen The Americans? The movie? The show? Oh, the oh, show. I was like, uh, I, I haven't seen it myself. Have, have you it, seen The
1: Americans?
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you Only seen Russians any. here.
1: No, I haven't.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. it. It's a really good kind of uh, example of how... Uh, entwined or kind of infiltrating the the russians are into just in 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 america Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but that's old that's 80s 90s that's the one that's the case that um peter struck uh Mm. exposed okay uh even though
2: yeah not a hero have you been hearing i haven't really been hearing anyone talking about switching to paper ballots but i don't see why we wouldn't do that aside from the additional costs and administrative
1: i think it's worth it at this point right of course yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. considering the who we voted in last time has mm-hmm. uh, tripled the deficit, it might be worth the money. Yeah. I think so. Um, but uh, mail, <laughs> mail ballots, too. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, to have a paper trail is the best thing. Here at California, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do paper ballots here. Nice, mm-hmm. I didn't
1: know. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but do not try to text your vote. If somebody tweets you <laughs> saying Jeez. you can stay home and text your vote, don't fall. You have to actually go vote. And by the way, you have to register. A lot of states' uh, deadline is today. Mm-hmm. Or the October 9th. Yeah. Uh, so do that, please. Please, please. Uh, Facebook are, lets you register, but I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> it's a little tricky, right, with right. their
0: history. No, you can register online. Okay, They'll okay. just give you the thing. Yeah, and, and, in I
1: registered each, this
0: year. Yeah, and in each nice. episode that we post, we're going to put a link to uh, where you can register to vote in Yay. our Yay. description. So mm-hmm. please do that. Next up, Jordan with your super sneaky Nuñez and his super sneaky move that everyone in California's 22nd district should know about. That's up by Fresno. So what do you got for us?
2: Yeah, so 22nd district, uh, the guy that's running against Nuñez is a friend of the podcast, Andrew Jan's vote for him please. Yeah, listen
0: to that episode. We had him on if you're interested in his platform and stuff. We've had him on, so check that out. Yeah, he's awesome.
2: He's the one that got that billboard that was uh, it was <laughs> it was Donald Trump and, and like Putin in a leash or no, sorry, Nuñez, Nuñez in a leash with Was it Putin or Trump? I think. Right? So it was very Russia centric. Yeah. And it was very uh, BDSM centric as well. Yes.
0: Like, damn, took (laughs) it down. Yeah. (laughs) That is, ooh, that's sexy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And so that district is. A huge district, obviously, because Nunes has been a champion of defending Trump. As we know, the Nunes, men, mem, the Nunes memo came out. And the, if I need to remind us all what that was, uh, just essentially an investigation or his own chamois investigation into the FBI and their motivations between surveilling a, a farmer. Page.
0: A farmer investigated the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what the farmer came up with. Nah, that sounds mean to farmers. If you want to know what the pretend farmer came up with. I was going to say, go. you can't you even go. call him a farmer. He and isn't, that's... and you're going to tell us why. Mm-hmm. This is so amazing.
2: Yeah, so, okay, so basically, Devin Nunes. this is uh, really important to know. We've gone over this in past episodes when we tried to determine if his end should have an, uh, a tilde over it in <laughs> <and then> Nunez. <laughs> But it does not because it is Portuguese. So he comes from his family comes from Portugal. He has 1000 he, percent. He is from an immigrant family. OK, that is a super, super, super big part of his identity. Oh, yes. hell yeah. <laughs> super, 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 super. <laughs> so essentially what this article covers is it's come out that Devin Nunes has tried to claim that he's a farmer like we we're just mocking him for. Turns out that his he has no ties to farms in his district except for one that his uncle has. but really his main financial ties are actually just to a random winery in his district that he's
0: Wow a Winery is not a farm. I'm sorry, I know you grow grapes, but that is like <laughs> the whitest privilege farm. Mm-hmm that you can think of. Who yes. white is Privilege Farm? I like that. I like that name. <laughs> yeah. And and so I don't mean to belittle the workers that are picking the grapes and harvesting no way, the grapes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that it's just not a farm. No. That's not agriculture to me. That's right. a winery, no. right? I mean, no. am yeah. I being crazy. Do no. yeah. me I'll... if I'm being crazy? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on oh god, that's I'll pull really
2: opening us up there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, but so so it comes out this this comes out that his family moved their farm their dairy farm that they had in that district to a farm in iowa actually into the district that wait for it steve king represents so okay yeah so if everyone does not know who that guy is he is probably one of the most staunchly anti-immigration representatives this country has in congress right now mm-hmm. he's brutally no no exceptions everybody should be deported that's illegal kind of guy so this is where this guy uh, got the got the fuel to go and travel to iowa and sort of do some digging because nunez has not ever come out and really talked about this fact that his family farm left the district that he's even trying to represent, does represent. Right. I say trying because he sucks ass. (laughs) So this guy, this is also a really beautiful, like beautifully written article by Esquire and it'll be on our show notes. So if you're not a patron, become one so you can see it. It's a great, really long article. So I'm just going to sort of jump around here to the stuff that's relevant. So essentially, the article starts out with just a little bit of a, History on Nunes somewhat moderate background. He didn't used to always be the super, super crazy right wing person that he is right now. He used to actually have some more uh, sort of, you know, sensical opinions on the radicalization of House Republicans. He actually said once in 2013, he called uh, the House Republicans quote lemmings
0: with suicide vests
2: <laughs> that's intense right oh my god he, he called he called them that during the government shutdown lemmings in don't have opposable
0: thumbs they couldn't put suicide vests on.
2: <laughs> i'm gonna need to that's google true. that that could be wrong and they couldn't detonate anything either without those thumbs Pssh. yeah um
0: <laughs> that's my only response <laughs> <laughs>
2: so so then then also in 2015 during another really bad house gop infighting period Uh, Nunes actually stood out for comments he made about how his colleagues and constituents were, uh, quote, siloed in right wing echo chambers and increasingly reliant on this or that conspiracy theory rather than something that is mostly true. Again, I bring this up just to paint the picture that Nunes wasn't always outwardly the crazy, crazy ass psycho that he is right now in Congress. So this guy that writes the article gets wind that his family actually moved their farm from California to Iowa. All right. So he goes and starts doing some digging on why he may have done that and why they are so intensely fixated on covering up the fact that they did that. Um, And it's for a couple reasons, basically, this guy sort of discovers. So he, he goes to Iowa he tries to track down his family, so it's his parents, uh, Nunez Junior. So his dad who is Anthony the Third, um, I'm so sorry, his brother's Anthony the Third. His parents are Anthony Jr. and Tony Tony Dean. They're the ones that own the farm that they moved to Sibley, Iowa. Sibley, I think actually is where Molly Tibbett's where that case happened, I'm pretty sure. It's like a very rural very rural, very agricultural centric. Community uh, and district, so they move their farm there. This guy goes to cover the story about why they're so hell bent on covering this up. Comes to discover that essentially, this the crux lies at the fact that this is a district that's represented by Steve King, who Nunez wound up supporting, who is super anti-immigration. That's like his probably most defining characteristic. Like I said, but when this guy goes to do this article and does some digging, he gets all of these essentially just testimonies, sort of from. Farmers who are saying, if we didn't have immigrants, we literally could not run our farms. Yeah. We would go bankrupt. Right now, we pay illegal immigrants. Sorry, that's their words. My words would be undocumented. Right, right. Um, $15, $15 an hour. They said if they had to switch over to people that were actually documented, they'd have to up it to maybe like 18 to $20 an hour. And it would bankrupt all of them. So... The problem lies in that this is a district that voted 79% for Trump. It's insane Trump County. They're huge. It's It's huge. huge. Mm -hmm. Super Trump County, super, super anti-immigration. And then you have all of these farmers that, for the most part, have really conservative views, but they sort of have to conceal and dampen down their opinions on ICE and immigration because they're afraid of ICE
0: coming and raiding their farms. So much to the point we learned... Oh, so they're kind of voting for the Republicans so that they, that they don't have the spyglass on them and have... Uh- ice coming up and and taking their workers away? I think it's more so that, I don't know if,
2: you know, a chicken or the egg kind of thing, I don't, that's definitely a benefit. If they're not making any sort of noise, no one's going to come and check out their farms. I think they legitimately hold conservative ideals, but the fact of the economy is that they can't afford to not employ undocumented people.
0: So... That's got to be a weird position to be in where you want to be conservative, but you have to employ undocumented workers in order to make a profit. Yes, Hmm. exactly.
2: And so this guy goes, he talks to all these farmers. It turns out they're so entrenched in essentially... The charade of them being, you know, patriots and super pro-Trump, but so terrified of being raided, of their farms being raided, that they're actually starting to form a sort of NATO-like organization where Mm. if ICE comes and raids one of their farms, it'll essentially be seen as an attack on all of their farms because the entire economy, they said, would fall well, you district. know what you can do
0: instead of uh, forming a NATO type situation <laughs> you could actually just vote Democrat <laughs> yeah uh, and stop all that from happening and mm-hmm. you wouldn't lose your pre-existing conditions. Uh, you'd probably get free health care and uh, you know things might go your way. It's just mm-hmm. so odd that they have to anyway, I mean I don't know and, and what's interesting the latest poll came out this week how how many points did Trump win by? 79 percent was the percentage Ugh. that so he got 79 percent and the
2: latest poll this got week, 11, I think it said
0: holy shit. So it doesn't sound right. A lot. Yeah, um, it was something
2: else. Higher.
0: But a poll this week out from the Fresno Bee puts Nunes up 53 to 45 in the 22nd. 56 uh, percent of polled voters approve of Trump, while 44 do not. So it seems like it's shifted quite a bit. So we need to get the news out about this. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think on, on top of the fact that he's lying. Sorry, did I cut you off? No. Okay. okay. Yeah. On top of the fact that he's essentially trying to cover up the fact that not only did his family and his farmer ties move to Iowa there. He's also profiting off of somebody that is, it, he, he's campaigning for someone that's extremely anti-immigration in a place where his family and that whole constituency is basically benefiting off of the policies that the people he's supporting and the, the policies he is now supporting that he didn't used to, but because he's trying to be in bed with Trump, he's touting himself you know, as this super anti-immigration person when he didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, So now he has ties in two districts that absolutely need undocumented people for their Mm -hmm. economy to function. Yeah. But he's sort of stuck in trying to dampen any sort of spotlight, like you said, being shown on those districts, because if they went and raided it, everyone
0: would be fucked. His Mm -hmm. family would be fucked. The constituents would be fucked. Everybody would be fucked. So here's this guy bailing on you, 22nd District, to go to Iowa, probably because it's safer uh, from ICE um Than California is Fresno. It's near, you know, not near, but San Francisco, sanctuary city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have open borders here in California. It's all chaos. uh <laughs> But um what a piece of shit! And keeping trying to keep it secret because he doesn't want the other farmers to know that he's completely abandoning them. And, and oh man, yeah. But, but, sorry about your. How do you even go out with that guy for that long? What I did know. Seeing him, Jordan. It I'm was 15. a good. Eight he months. looks
2: like my dad. What do you want from me? <laughs>
0: That's a good eight months Just you were kidding. with that guy,
2: <laughs> yeah, good yeah. Lord. No, and it's nuts too because, like, like I said, the story—hence my ranty reporting on this—it's like really, really, really long and it's really extensive and cool. But one of the things that happens in it is, he starts this reporter. He's going and talking to these people. He actually starts getting followed. Every day he starts getting followed. he This white SUV is following him constantly, and basically people start trying to intimidate him to not expose this story. Wow! Because if anything happened and they were confronted with that hypocrisy, they like Steve King would crumble. Mm-hmm. Like because they're getting kickbacks, right, from supporting? Oh yeah. And like the only they
0: looked into the campaign donations. They probably from, have some sort of weird tariff exemption where they don't have to. Like there's going to be these uh, individual veto or line item things where they don't have to pay these tariffs. Uh, or they get the markets uh, where the other countries don't have to pay the tariffs for their crops.
2: It's it's gross. Yeah, it's crazy. And the only politician that Nunes' dad actually ever gave money to was Steve King. He gave him 250 bucks. Oh. Wow.
0: He must be doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jordan. Fuck yeah yeah wow that's a great story um yeah
2: he's just a fake piece of crap you guys need to vote andrew jansen hell absolutely.
0: yeah infuriating but great reporting mm-hmm. jans the man's yeah <laughs>
2: who happens to be super pro molar which is how it all oh.
0: comes full circle everybody mm-hmm. yuniz yeah. sucks and we're back <laughs> and, and jans <laughs> yeah. is the best absolutely <laughs> all right today Today, I'm going to talk about some really interesting shit that came out this week in Politico. They dropped a story called, quote, GOP operative who sued Trump says the FBI referred hacking of her email to Mueller, unquote. And sadly, like most good stories that come out of the Mueller investigation, you can't fit this into one headline (laughs) or one bumper sticker (laughs) or a soundbite. Though it would be funny to try to make Mueller bumper stickers. (laughs) Because they're so they're so involved and so like have so many different tendrils. Like instead of saying uh, it's Texas, not Texas, uh, a Mueller bumper sticker would say it's Texas, not be like Butina who infiltrated the NRA for Russia and befriended Paul Erickson who influenced the RNC platform by softening the language on Ukraine and making Beauty and the Beast karaoke videos. It'd be a pretty big bumper sticker there, <laughs> or. Calvin peeing on Make America Great Again by allowing Flynn and Cobson to meet at the Mayflower with Russian officials to lift sanctions so we can build reactors in Saudi Arabia and recolonize the Middle East. What? I could fit on the whole back of it, though, I bet. But yeah, there's no way to sum up this week's story in Politico into a headline or a soundbite. So that's why I put it in the hot notes and I'll lay it all out for you. Okay. So way back in the spring of 2015, spring of 2015, the night before Trump descended the golden escalator, uh, (laughs) Jim Dornan, who's a Trump guy, approached a woman named Sherry Jacobus about being the communications director of the Trump campaign. She had two contentious interviews for the position and decided not to take the job. She hates Trump. Several months later, she did an interview with the Washington Post saying that during those meetings, Corey Lewandowski, what a gem, he is, (laughs) that's Trump's campaign manager at the time, had told her about plans for a pro-Trump PAC, super PAC, called the Make America Great Again PAC, uh, and he tried to tell her and the Post that it had no ties to Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So days after the story broke, that super PAC was shut down, because it clearly had to oh, of Trump. course. you might want to name it something else
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah as much as I'd like to believe that was a hacky as fuck name why don't we call that it is. the this has nothing to do with Donald oh, yeah. Trump super PAC definitely Uh, Around the same time uh, that Washington Post story came out, right, Jacobus was contacted online by a dude pretending to be a rich English barrister saying that he had deep pockets and he wanted to donate a bunch of money to her never Trump Republican operative. So she's a Republican, but she's a never Trumper. There were a lot of them, like the Washington Free Beacon, the people that Fusion GPS or not Fusion GPS, but... uh, Yeah. uh, Hired. They hired Fusion GPS. Exactly. Yeah. uh, To to get oppo research on Trump. And it eventually uh, turned into the The Mm WCA when the Democrats took over. Yeah. So these never Trump Republicans. And here's this guy catfishing them. okay Trying to obtain personal and political information on them, likely for the Trump campaign. Right. So they can get intel uh, and oppo research on them. And Jacobus referred this guy to Rick Wilson and Liz Mayer. Uh, They were running an anti-Trump Republican pack at the time, but Wilson and Mayer suspected fraud because this guy was super fishy, this rich English barrister, and they stopped talking to him. Then in the spring of 2016, six months later, Jacobus traced a website domain in this whole catfishing scheme to a guy named Stephen Wessel, and he is a notorious New York con man. Um, At the time, he was out on bail waiting to serve time for an unrelated fraud case. (laughs) And when this scheme came to light, when she reported this catfishing scheme, this guy who was catfishing all these never-Trumpers in the District of New York, a judge sent him to jail for violating his bail. Like, remember when Manafort violated his bail Mm -hmm. by witness tampering? Mm -hmm. They sent this guy to jail saying, you're catfishing never-Trumpers to get political intel on Mm -hmm. them, sent him to jail. So four months after this Wessel guy was sent to jail in August of 2016, Jacobus recorded that her personal email account was hacked... And it's contents were deleted. And it it couldn't have been Wessel because he was in jail. Right. Mm -hmm. And oddly, around this time, Jacobus was tangled up in a legal battle with Trump because during the 2016 primaries, she had appeared on Fox News criticizing Trump. And Trump and Lewandowski replied on Twitter, calling her a dummy and portrayed her as a disgruntled job seeker. So she sued them for defamation. Nice. So while she was publicly feuding with Trump and Lewandowski, she was receiving physical and sexual threats on social media. But Because that's how Trump people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in January 2017, her case was dismissed. And after the election, she kept in touch with the FBI. As she kept sending them other odd incidents that had occurred around this catfishing scheme. And in February 2017, she was interviewed multiple times by the FBI in New York. And in November 2017... Um, what's that Uh, nine months later Mm -hmm. is about a year ago she turned over all of her other electronic communications related to the catfishing scheme but on September 10th of this year just a few weeks ago the FBI wrote to her Jacobus and told her they were referring her case to Bob Mueller's team (laughs) and sending any other information if she has any other information she needs to send it to the special counsel's office Now, if this hack were connected to Wessel or New York or con men guys like Cohen, it probably would have been referred to the Southern District of New York. Exactly. But the FBI told Jacobus they were referring it to Mueller. And that can only mean one thing it's got something to do with Russia. Yeah. So put some beans on that. That's awesome. We'll be right back. Hey, Muller junkies, do us a favor and hop over to iTunes and subscribe and give us a rating. Then come follow us on Twitter at MuellerSheWrote. In the coming months, we're working to bring you more episodes with the goal of reaching three episodes each week, in addition to our book club and mini-sodes. We can reach that goal with 7,000 patrons. So if you'd like access to all the bonus episodes, plus great pledge gifts, including mugs and tumblers, t-shirts and totes, head to patreon.com slash wrote, We'll not only hook you up with bonus content, ad-free episodes and gifts, you'll also get our newsletter, discount VIP tickets to our live events, and my personal show notes and citations from the week's relevant Muller news. We love you so much, and we thank you for supporting women in podcasting. All right you guys ready for the fantasy indictment League. Yes.
1: Yeah
0: Okay, so with the news that Manafort uh, he you know he's meeting with a special counsel, his report is not due until November 16th. and given the Jacobus referral to Mueller, I'm gonna hold off on collusion indictments and keep stone. And a rando Russian for for hacking Jacobus. I think that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'll stick with the financial trouble uh, that people can get in without collusion like Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka, and Kushner. So that's going to be my five there. So I've got – let's see. I've got a rando Russian. I've got Stone Jr., Ivanka, and Kushner. What about you guys? I've got all the kids except for all Eric and kids. Tiffany.
1: For some reason, I never consider including them. So i got Ivanka – Junior, uh, Jared—he's one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, last week I took off a rando and I replaced them with someone. Um, do you guys remember? Was it Cohen? It was Kooks. You, Kooks? There we go. I knew it was a K or a C. So uh, oh, yeah, and then Kookis. that leaves the fifth spot <laughs> that I do want to mix up this week. Ooh. And who was that lady that was referred? What's her name? Or the the person that referred to Mueller just now that you were going over? Um, the the person that's involved with um, like instead oh, of staying, Jacobus? Yeah, Jacobus. So it's a guy. Jacobus is a lady. A lady. Okay, okay. Um, so
0: there's a chance that th- a plea deal could come out of this. Well, Jacobus is, right? is a is a victim.
1: Oh, there's nothing about that's her why that's going to
0: – That's why I put a rando Russian on because the person who hacked her and it's the reason it was be... referred to Mueller investigation has got to be a Russian. So there that's why I put a rando Russian okay, on
1: Okay, okay. I like that strategy. So I'm going to do, do the same thing? thing. Yep, right, yep. Cool. Uh, before I do mine, question. Do I get
2: a point for the rando-russian for the indictments that came out this week, or no? Because they don't specifically relate,
0: necessarily. They don't relate. Damn! Uh, if there is a tie, you will get a back, uh, nah, what, what we call a retro-authorized yeah, point. I
2: was just hoping I could, uh... Profit off of the vague nature of
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: every time a Russian gets indicted. Yes, profit off of the non-money we're winning like a from this gets game. its wings. Weren't there
1: some Russians indicted, like, last week? I That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, okay. it just
2: wasn't, like, specifically Gotta about
1: anything we talk about, really. Right, here. they haven't been yeah. tied directly.
2: All right, fair enough. Well, in that case, I won't put on any other people that are accused of any other general crimes I guess I'll keep it (laughs) I'll keep keep it related Uh, okay yeah so definitely all the children Eric is gonna be busy uh, it's Halloween so you know he'll be like posing as Dracula there you go there you go (laughs) doing a lot of
0: face uh, plaster face
2: casts for Nosferatu people who want masks oh my god but yeah okay so Ivanka Ivanka Kushner um, DTJ I had Trump on there I was wishful thinking I since realized I don't want to waste a spot that many weeks over and over again so let's put a rando
0: Russian on there for the
2: I'm, I'm going to do a uh, rando Russian and
0: stone. Good. OK. All right. Good. Sounds good. You guys ready for sabotage? Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, you guys in a Twitter thread from Eric Garland. Uh, he outlined Senator Susan Collins husband's ties to Russia. Her husband is a guy named Thomas Daffron, or Daffron, It's probably Dafron. rhymes with saffron, and he works for a lobbying firm, guys. He used to be the chief of staff for Fred Thompson. Uh, he was in, uh, I think, Law and Order for a while. He's a Republican presidential candidate. He died a couple years ago. Um, but he also took money uh, from Russian money launderers uh, from Qatar in the 90s. Qatar, Qatar. And he was <laughs> tangled up in Watergate, Watergate, and the savings and mm. Loan scandal. He's real old. He was. He's not here anymore. He also lobbied for a nuclear energy group that is pushing PR that sounds a lot like the Marshall Plan between Flynn and Copson. Do you guys remember we've talked about the Marshall Plan, which is mm-hmm. that whole Mayflower meeting where Flynn was texting Copson from the dais of the inaugural saying, we can tear up sanctions. We can go forward with our thing. And they mm-hmm. were going to build all these reactors, reactors. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia, using Russian, lifting sanctions on Russia so that they could help and then recolonizing, quote unquote, the Middle East by mm-hmm. by putting bases near the reactors to guard them. I wonder if the UFC guy's involved in that, too, then. Mm-hmm. Mm. creepy um in 2003 uh he lobbied for a firm representing uh, this is we're we're back on uh sorry colin's husband Mm -hmm. he lobbied for a firm in 2003 representing an offshore bank haven in the caymans weird (laughs) finally in 2009 he lobbied pro bono for Kenai, Alaska, a historic Russian settlement thought to be riddled with Russian mafia. It's a port city. Mm-hmm. And it appears he was lobbying for the Russian homeland in Alaska with tax-exempt, using ta- tax-exempt churches. <laughs> so maybe we want to think about Dafron, who is not registered under Farah. He's a lobbyist. Uh, and how he may be dabbling in illegal Russian lobbying. Ooh. Seeing as I don't think these kinds of indictments would s- drop until November, mid-November, I'll keep my picks the same. Mm-hmm. But Susan Collins' husband is... Knee deep
1: in this. I'm thinking early November um, he's going to go on my list, too. But I'm just going to wait. I want to see who gets it in between. But that's a good one. That's solid.
0: Yeah. Our picks after the election should be interesting. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Very nice. You want to change or you stay? I'm going to stay. All right. Yeah. All right. Finally, you guys, we've been talking a lot recently about Lindsey Graham Crackers and his (laughs) weird behavior, along with his possible ties to oligarchs. And uh, joining us today to talk about what he's found out about Lindsey Graham's ties to Russian oil money and potential even campaign finance violations, welcome the host of the Dworkin Report podcast and co-founder of the Dem Coalition, Scott Dworkin. Scott, welcome back to Mueller She Wrote.
3: What's going on, A.G.?
0: Oh, you know, living the dream. (laughs) We're both sitting here on a Friday waiting any minute now for Susan Collins to come out and let us know... uh, what she thinks about all this, uh, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. I'm really uh, fascinated by the reporting that you guys dropped this week on on Lindsey Graham and his ties to uh, some oligarchs. What did tell us what you found out?
3: well, we we basically, to sum it up is we found over eight hundred thousand dollars in Putin linked contributions to Lindsey Graham um, over the past uh, few years. Uh, so it's a- as of recently. Uh, On on top of that, one of the donors is a Ukrainian businessman who used to work for Cyberbank Cyberbank, or however they pronounce it, um, a a Putin-controlled bank that helped sponsor Miss Universe. Um, And so he's a former executive for that company, um, and that may lead to an illegal campaign contribution. We also saw um, a fraudulent sort of investigation that was done into – a, uh, an illegal scheme that involved um, around $20 million in grant money that was handed out to one of his biggest donors uh, who was then uh, arrested and convicted of uh, uh, illegal campaign contributions uh, to Graham's campaign um, and uh, also for the fraud on the grant side of things. And Graham was never held accountable and there was never really a true investigation into that. Um, so we noticed that was swept under the rug and brought that up as well. Why this is important is everybody that's linked to Trump that really has been spouting off or been questionable in regards to how they're acting is linked to this one donor who made his billions off of Russian oil, and um, his name is Len Blavatnik. Uh, he is the richest man in the U.K. He was born in Russia. He likes to paint himself as if he was born in the Ukraine. Um, you know, and then I, you, you know, why, obviously. So it, and he's he's very tricky in regards to how he, uh, how he presents himself. But in uh, February of 2017, I uncovered that he had given to uh, a lot of money uh, to Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, we're talking millions, um, to, to Rubio, uh, to Scott Walker, um, and then to some others. Um, but that was that was the majority of them, uh, and they really have been spending a lot of time with them. And so in our report, we uncovered that after the $800,000 that was given by this uh, Russian oligarch, uh, it was uh, Lindsey Graham then was spending time with him. And so we found video and photos um, that uncovered that. And that that made us really uncomfortable because that was right after the elections, and if uh, someone, you know, had some of Putin's money and they wanted to control it, um, this would be one of those guys. Uh, because
0: Well, now, this is this is Blav- uh, Blavatnik. Right. And he's he's a U.S. citizen, but Russian born, says he's from the Ukraine. He's kind of like in that group with kooks and in Vexelberg and, and all those guys. And I, I guess Vexelberg's actually not a citizen. Uh, I can't remember if he is or not. But this is like what the what they've been referred to as a soft power group of Russian emigres who are in, you know, influential by the Kremlin, and so d- is, do you put him in that group? And and also, I was wondering when these happened because, like, I, I've I've noticed that Lindsey Graham was pretty anti-Trump, and now he's not. And I was wondering if 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 these kind of things happened in between there.
3: Well, That happened in 2015, but he did not rekindle his relationship so the donations happened in in may of 2015 where he was given five hundred thousand dollars and another three hundred thousand dollars in october of 2015 and then the uh, pictures and video reveal an event from december of 2016 um so it it's it's just a very long path there and it leads back to the fact that he was spending time with them after the election um and you know he's he was at the event with alan dershowitz um, so it's the three of these guys. Um, this guy has done business with Vexelberg for years, and he's part of that crew um, that, you know, potentially are the folks that uh, helped helped uh, interfere and attack the American elections.
0: Yeah, and they might have a lot of info on that since Patton, Sam Patton was, was uh, taken in.
3: But um... All of this is being interviewed by Mueller, by the way, so it, it is, it's reached a new height. Um, you know, we uncovered it in February 2017 before Mueller came on board, uh, you know, to help save the United States. But, uh, he, he really, he dug into this and he's already interviewed people that are involved with this. And so I, I think that it is, you know, even though it's contributions and the guy's one of the richest dudes in the world, uh, it is something to question Graham's motives very clearly now.
0: Yeah, and we know from the Sam Patton uh, charges that you can't just use uh, a U.S. citizen straw man to make these donations and have it be legal.
3: Right, right, and that's what we've we've found a lot of, a lot of fronts here, and and you know this is only the uh, part one of the report on Lindsey Graham, uh, and we unfortunately have twenty more reports to get out before the elections coming up. Our next one being on Mike Pence.
0: Oh, good. You have to share that with us when it comes out. Um, I now I'm wondering, since all this, you know, Russian money started flowing in through graham crackers back in 2015, if if at all of the points that he's come forward early on when Mueller was uh, appointed and and he was, you know, with his rhetoric that there'd be hell to pay if Trump did anything to interfere with the the investigation but then he flipped around a little bit and was a super sycophant to to trump but then again recently he's been on the talk show circuit saying Mueller will be fair etc and i'm just wondering now if if everything he's kind of said in the last three years uh that was to defend Mueller or against trump was just a cover it just sounds like a like a cover at that point you know what i'm saying
3: yeah i think most of the people that uh are republicans nowadays they they uh It's all just a cover. I mean, it's just the the same thing that they're doing with Kavanaugh where they use the FBI report as cover where they, you know, it's doctored by them. Uh, They uh, are the ones who choose the parameters of the report. And then they're like, this is what it found because this is what we wanted it to find. Um, You know, I think we're going to we're going to see a lot of a lot of uh, propaganda start to pipe up here between the, the next few weeks, especially no matter whatever happens with with Kavanaugh, he goes through, I think it's going to drown out a lot of that propaganda. Um, if he's voted down, it's going to be harder because they're going to they're going to amp it up to a level we have never seen before.
0: Yeah, I really think politically it's better for the left if he actually gets confirmed. And I, I know that sounds horrible and I, I hate it and everything sucks about it, but he is uh, impeachable. He could be disbarred. He could be forced to resign. When the Dems get the gavels back in January 1, we can investigate there could be indictments i mean there could be any number of of issues whereas if he's voted down and they put forward someone else from that federalist list uh, or the heritage foundation list whatever it is leopold leo i guess his name is is that it uh he you know those those guys like if if they put one of these lady judges up and you know she's just as conservative she's just as much uh, anti-choice against roe Uh, bad for unions bad for labor bad for the lgbtq plus community and there's nothing we can do about her she'll be there forever but at least with this pos we might have a chance of 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 fighting it or removing or or anything like that and um and like you said if he's if he's voted down uh that could really motivate Republicans, uh, to come out to the polls in November. All
3: right. And we could uh, we can make sure that, uh, you know, no matter what happens, I, I think democratic turnout is going to be going to be huge. But, uh, you know, if, if he does get through, I, I mean, you can rest assured and I can give you my word that, uh, the investigation's not over. This is not over by any means, no matter where he goes. Um, no matter what happens and we are going to finish this and we're going to also dig into and Senator Whitehouse has made this pledge as well. um, We're also going to dig into what the Republicans were doing during this time because we do believe that there was a concerted effort to cover up everything, obviously uh, for good reason. And we we think that there's things that are in the files that prove that he has approval of torture, that he helped uh, craft the entire engagement of torture uh, as well um, and his work and fraud that he committed in in the bush White House and and afterwards and you know obviously his his years of misconduct um, sexual and otherwise uh, and overall his his candor and, and the way he acted I mean here's a question for you like what would he not have to recuse himself from like I, I can't think of a case where he'd actually be able to serve on it like I, I just don't I don't see he, he kind of canceled that out by becoming hannity's best friend and you know, talking like he's, uh, running a campaign. And
0: yeah, now that he's, now that he's come out forward, come forward saying that, you know, women clearly, uh, invented time machines to go back in time, uh, to, you know, have, uh, rape allegations so that, you know, we could come forward and, and, you know, it could be this whole thing where they just went back in time to do, to, to do this and then, and then entrap me, uh, which is revenge for the Clintons. And, um, that i mean that kind of political statement is and cons- it's all, it, it borders on conspiracy theory and it's certainly not fitting
3: uh, of of a judge we need to add uh, term limits to the seats and then because the, the it was lifetime appointments when lives were shorter you know what i mean like that made more sense now lives are too long and it's just it's just not tenable to to do that so I think we need to think about having you know, term limits on Supreme Court justice and then also to uh, expand the bench and have a uh, di- more diverse bench that reflects America by adding seats to it. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that people can try and do that I think have been long overlooked uh, that we need that we need to look into um, on, no matter what happens here. I, I do think that uh, my guess, my guess is that Manchin's going to vote whatever way Collins goes and my uh, my inkling is going to say that Collins is going to vote yes and you know whether or not whether or not she does that or not you know it's the bottom line is Manchin won't be the deciding vote um, it, he doesn't want to be he he's you he, he won't be he's like it'll be whatever he's not going to be the guy who votes yes and gets him through
0: yeah, no, he's he's not gonna. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be up to Collins. Uh, she'll be the deciding vote whether she wants to be or not.
3: Yes, I'm not sure where she is. Uh, well, I mean, she's on the Senate floor, but I'm not sure um, what the status is of any of it at
0: this. Let's listen to explain my vote on the nomination of a justice to the United States Supreme Court. <laughs> She's just going to go on and on defending him. Um, This is just going to end up a yes vote for her. It looks like cabinet... There's
3: no way that she can turn and say, but. (laughs)
0: It's a little too late for that after all that. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like she's uh, speaking for him in his own confirmation hearing right now.
3: Yeah, I look forward to her losing in 2020.
0: Oh, yeah, she's going to lose bad. Uh, They're going to hand over all that money to uh, her opponent. All right, we'll go get your documents on... uh, Cavanaugh, let me know what they say
3: I will just keep on trudging through the mud we will make it in the end but it is going to be a long road and I'm here for all of it as you are I know thank you AG for your diligence and all, all your work man I, I really appreciate you and everybody over there
0: yeah I we appreciate you too have a good one cheers all right you guys that's our show remember to register to vote the final day uh, in a lot of states is October 9th. Also, if you're a mom, reach out to your local daycares and see if they'd be willing to volunteer to watch children while moms and dads go vote. Uh, Lyft will be giving you a free ride to your polling place. Tweet at Uber to make them do it, too. And <laughs> register now before it's too late. Um, it's important. It's more important than ever that we take back Congress, I think, uh, just even just if it's just to get Kavanaugh out of there. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? uh hey stay safe kids <laughs> hey
1: <laughs> <laughs> no really no, stay safe. Stay, it's shooting school shootings out there i feel like that's a big part of well, why i feel like a lot of my peers should vote is like a lot of them are younger and and they're just now getting the right to vote so i, I just want to find a way to like reach the
0: younger demographic yeah, there was a poll that says only 26 percent of eligible voters 18 to 29 plan on voting 26 percent is the lowest demo it's the lowest age group
1: We're 30 days away from the midterms. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really like a really hard dichotomy between things being really fucked up, but also disillusionment being at the highest. I think it's been in decades and decades. So even though things are so fucked up, your feeling of efficacy, voter efficacy is Mm -hmm. lower than it's been. Yeah. Yeah, Don't uh, give them what they want.
0: I'm old and white and privileged, and I, I don't have faith that the young people will come out and vote because they never have so prove me wrong mm-hmm. shove it in my face <laughs> and uh those of you who are my age that are listening get your kids registered get your kids yeah. involved get, get them to vote tell them if they want get, to get their driver's license <laughs> they're going to have to register to vote oh, that's it's beautiful. 18 now in a lot of states yeah you have to you want to drive you're gonna have to vote. Mm-hmm. Nice. Something. Maybe hook it to their PlayStation yeah, and be an like, incentive. "Look, look, 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 yeah. look, look, look. You want your PlayStation? You got to vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. You wanna You wanna have screen time? Got to vote. That's weird to do to eighteen year olds. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I have no concept. Have still live with their them. parents. My work. <laughs> I have cats. You know. <laughs> yeah. If of my cats turns eighteen, that's just a hey, Guinness Book of World Dead record lizard. There. You better vote. <laughs> Dude, your cat's brutal. It keeps killing lizards. Yeah, dude. Did I tell you about the squirrel? No, dude. Bruce Willis killed a squirrel. The oh, size of a
1: squirrel. How a did that whole even happen? Ass
0: squirrel. That's and, intense. And now there's a squirrel who, who, who will perch up on the tree out back. And when he sees Bruce Willis in the doorway, like yeah. looking like Jack Nicholson from The Shining, <laughs> he makes this little squirrel noise. Oh my god, that is funny.
1: That is great. <laughs>
0: That's crazy. <laughs> that's squirrels. more like it. Yes. It takes me a minute to get the impressions for squirrels right. Yeah, it's freaking—they're mad. Yeah, that's insane. It's like crows. You know how crows can hold a grudge? Mm-hmm. These squirrels are pissed. Yeah, I
2: mean that's fair.
0: Fucking—they're probably you know, all Scorpios. I did run out. I did pick up the <laughs> Scorpios. I did pick up the cat, put him in his room, uh, and then I grabbed the squirrel, put him in a box, took him to the vet because I didn't know what else to do. Aww. And the, the mama squirrel was up there. Aww. <laughs> But he was in there like,
1: oh, he I'm was so very sorry. sad. I don't know
0: what happened to the squirrel because, I mean, they don't he call you and tell you. He just dropped it off on the doorstep yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I took it to the fire station because I couldn't raise it myself. Oh, No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry no i took him to the to the you did BCA. the right thing that's yeah. so sweet I'm like i don't know what else to do with this yeah squirrel. uh he couldn't walk just um, wanted to get a net um, he was still yeah. alive though
2: oh good good yeah. yeah but i
0: don't know what happened to him maybe
2: they'll I, give him one of those like lego chariots that oh. just they get to put their bottom half in <laughs> like, I, or squirrels I, covered by obamacare I, I call doggy scooters but lego chariots <laughs> is great that's really good <laughs> Oh man, it's adorable. Yeah. Anyway, I will. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Just just really quick on the on the whole voting thing. You know, on the whole (laughs) basis of our democracy. I was going to (laughs) say anyway, vote. I've been ag. (laughs) That was going
0: to be my ending. Yeah, perfect.
2: Yeah. No, I was okay. The way that okay, so I studied political theory as a bachelor's, right? So I was like drunk half the time, but. (laughs) i must say no i'm just kidding i worked very hard in school Well, then you deserve everything
0: you got oh my god i like (laughs) beer
2: but but like one of the biggest takeaways i think i got from that degree was essentially that things happen in cycles which is not a novel concept but the cycle will get violent and scary if you don't exercise the things that are put in place to keep it maintained and keep it having any sort of normalcy and functionality so you can either vote now or you can wait for shit to just keep getting worse and worse and worse until some bigger scarier much more
0: chaotic force starts to swing shit back because it always swings back and you might not be a Bernie supporter at all and that's totally fine if you think he was a russia plant but he did say something that was is worth remembering. It's not he's not going to fix anything. No politician is going to fix anything. It's up to us. It's up to the American people. You have to exercise your constitutional right to vote, your mm-hmm. inherent right to vote. And uh, if you do not, I will be very angry with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, um, really mad. Yeah. So. Yeah. and don't please young people prove me wrong mm-hmm. at 18 to 29 mm-hmm. sorry I, I know that some people are 29 and they're like i'm so old <laughs> i can't go out anymore like i used to i have to get home by 2 a.m otherwise i won't be able to get up for work the next day i'm kidding i'm not making fun of 29 year that's but me that's, yeah it, it, get, it, it doesn't get better let me just say that um <laughs> please please prove me wrong mm-hmm. uh, prove us all wrong yeah shove it in our face mm-hmm. i've been ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan Coburn. And this is Muller, She Wrote. Muller, She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Muller Wrote staff includes A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, Jordan Coburn, Sarah Hirschberger Valencia, Jesse Egan, and Sarah Lee Steiner. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. W media.